This is Carly. For example, the other day there was a man who had on these killer cowboy boots. And I said, oh my goodness, like mid-sentence. I was like, those are amazing cowboy boots. And he got into the story of those cowboy boots and how he lost them at a, at, at a party he was at. He woke up the next morning, he had someone else's shoes on. And then he, he actually thought he lost them for good. And six months later, someone was like, oh man, check out the newspaper. And there was a, there was a thing saying, lost cowboy boots call and give us a description and they'll be yours again and so he called and he got his boots back and, so, <laughs> like, <laughs> and he was sitting there telling me the story of it and so there's these little stories of our lives that are so amazing and connect us all Carly Butler Verhane is a storyteller a writer and in her day job she works in a bank but a few years ago she had an epiphany you're listening to Face Your Fierce. I'm Meg Murphy. I'm Ellen e. Lee. In this podcast, we bring you stories of trailblazing women who are living their lives outside the lines. Now back to Carly. She'd been searching for something, for inspiration. She wanted to do something big and meaningful, a grand gesture. And she found it on the west coast of California. We were on a road trip going up the coast of California, and we were making our way from San Diego to Napa Valley. And I think it was a Howard Johnson or something. Or maybe that's Canadian. Anyway, it was just like a, you know, some sort of hotel. I was flipping through the magazine in the lobby and I saw a picture of the Queen Mary. And that was the ship that my grandmother had sailed on um, to Canada when she came as a war bride. And so I, I immediately, like, it's, it felt something happen. And I was like, oh my goodness, this ship is where, this is local? Where is this ship? And I went up to her and the and the guy that she was checking in with, and I said, um, "Where is this?" And they said, "Oh, that's that's right nearby. It's Long Beach. It's probably like ten miles from here." And I had just so happened to a couple weeks earlier went to visit my grandfather where he was living, and t- I had taken a picture of a picture on my BlackBerry, and so I was looking at it on my BlackBerry that night in bed, and I was looking at what it was. And it was my grandparents standing in front of that ship where it was currently docked in Long Beach. And I had absolutely no idea that it was there. And so the next morning, Mary said, are we going in? Like, what's, what's happening? Are we going into the ship? And I I said, no, no, it's not even that. I just want to go to this spot. So we went around the crowds over, over to the corner. I found exactly where the fence lined up. And I had the Blackberry with the picture in one hand and my camera in the other. And I thought, okay, I will just stand right there. And so I lined myself up exactly to the fence that they stood in front of and had Mary take a picture. And when I recreated that photo, something came alive in me. And it was so hard. It was, it was absolutely the universe calling because I knew in that moment that I'd be going to England. And she did. She took a six-month leave from her job, packed up her things, moved to England so that she could retrace her grandmother's steps. Armed with over a 100 love letters between her grandparents and some old photographs, Carly revisited important places from her grandmother's past. She's documented her soulful adventure in a soon-to-be-released book called Life's Letters. We wanted to know just what it was about that moment with the QE2 in California that changed her life. I think I had been uh, searching for inspiration and hanging on to inspiration at any cost. Like I was, I was, it was like I was on a treasure hunt searching for these people that were doing these things that were amazing. And at the time I was kind of, I loved the, um, the Instagram account and um, Facebook called uh, Dear Photograph. 
I had one of those moments where I thought, man, why didn't I think of that? Like, <laughs> and so I, but I just kept collecting those things because I thought someday I know that I will, I will make my own version of these things that keep inspiring me. Like the things that make me think, oh, why didn't I think of that? Will someday be my own thing. To be honest, I have probably, I've lived the majority of my life sort of being indecisive <laughs> and, um, and kind of just following, following things and, um, not quite knowing if, if I was making the right choice. And I guess I've never been so sure of something before than in that moment that I was going to England. And that felt so freeing because I, before I had, I mean, I had gone to Korea to teach, I had gone to South Korea to teach English. I had, um, lived with some friends near Toronto. You know, I, I'd done all these things and I, yes, I made the decision, but I wasn't always quite sure of them. It made me feel so alive because I, it was like, I, I wasn't even registering at that moment how I was going to do it. Like, it was just like, I know, I know I'm doing this. Do you think it took bravery to answer that call? Or what do you think it took from you? If someone else was in that moment, what is it that requires of someone to follow through on it? For me, it, it absolutely was. Um, and it was also my connection to one of the bravest people that I know. And that's one of my biggest things is connection. And um, it's also one of my superpowers. <laughs> I love it. I'm like the connection queen at my job. I work at a bank and I just that's, that's the only reason I keep going back is because I get to talk to people and connect with them. Um, because let's be serious. Like the bank is no one's passion. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So, I mean, in that moment, because I was connecting to a life story that came before me, my grandma and what that meant standing in front of a ship that she took that embodied so much, like it, it, was a symbol of her bravery. And it was, um, it taught me things that I, I didn't quite grasp as a young person. I knew my grandma was British. I knew she, um, that was undeniable because she had this bold accent and she was also like a bull in a China shop. So she was not only like a loud British person, but she like knocked things over a lot. And she had like <laughs> lipstick, you know, up here. She was just like, <laughs> all over the place. Loved her. But she, she passed away when I was 14. So I didn't quite know, even know what a warp ride was. And so I guess as I was approaching the age that she was, when she made all of these decisions, um, I feel like I was able to uh, not only see someone else doing it and, and have an example, um, but want that for myself as well. said in one of your letter in your one of your first letters to your grandma on your uh, website that your grandma her values were love faith and adventure and that you learned that about her what then have you learned about yourself that you would say are your three values that did you know them before you went on this trip or did they become clearer after that I was I was touching on them before I left and I was I was I feel like those that was the stage in my life that I was getting clear on my values. 
but definitely the trip um, just solidified that. And I would say um, connection is is really big. Um, simplicity is is also another one. Um, and it's funny because I, that, that that trip was nothing. It was absolutely not simple at all. Like it was, it was pretty crazy actually. Um, intense. Like people, people say to me, I can't believe you did that. Like that in itself is pretty amazing. And I, it, it, it is, but at the time, because of the journey and everything, it just, I was just following, following the path. Um, but simplicity as far as it's the little things in life and, um, and that's what I learned from my grandma as well is, is that like, her and my grandfather just living their lives together is, was some of the best days of her life. Um, and, and, and presence as well. Um, being present. I think when I, when I got back from the trip, like reentry was, was a little bit difficult for me because I didn't quite know like what that was like, Whoa, (laughs) I'm back from this amazing trip and I have this whole new life now. And, I'm changed and, um, presence. I, I needed to like hang on to presence as, as much as I could and, and work at it because I was, part of me was in England still. Part of me was in the future. Part of me was wanted to just talk to grandma back in the eighties, like and nineties. So it was, yeah, I think those three for sure speak to me what was the other side of things like the actual reality of taking such a journey to a country that's so different you know tracking down a whole different time and culture and places and people there was this common thread throughout the whole trip and before um, that this is what I was meant to do and there was no question of that and looking back it's funny because I do on the social media and, and the blog and things like that I I see that um, confidence and also that's the other thing like knowing that I was meant to do this um, and also as confident as I was, I was like announcing it to everyone. I was telling everyone and <laughs> even at the bank I was telling, I was telling people I, I was in the local newspaper and I printed it out and I made the little cards. I would hand them out to customers. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going on this trip and look at this and that's how I met like a, a reporter from CTV and he's like, very cool. Do you want to be on TV? (laughs) (laughs) You know, like just random. So I was very confident in it. Um, but there was a lot of planning and everything like that. Like I, I had to apply for a leave from work. I had to apply for a loan. I had to consolidate all my debt. I had to figure out how I was going to afford it. Um, but there were also really cool details that I didn't really worry about. And, the letters actually were one thing that I, I put aside. I knew that that was later. That was something for later. And, and so the reality of, of that was like a lot of logistics and things like that. I had to move out of my amazing apartment that I love so much. That was, I cried for a long time about moving out of that place. I was also falling in love at that time. So that add that to the mix. And, um, and then when I got to England, of course, there were days where that were difficult, um, that weren't broadcasted. They weren't on online. They were, there were days where I was really confused at what, what I was really doing there. 
A lot of people will look to you having done something that's sort of really inspiring and that many of us might go, oh, that'd be a cool thing to do, but never actually do. And then there's a pressure that people put on you of like, you're going to do this for me because I can't. So there's a pressure to live up to something or be something. You're not just feeling it for the inspiration that you initially had. It was very personal, but then it becomes very public. Totally. Yeah. How did you deal with that idea of like your journey ain't just your journey. It's now everybody else's. Yeah, it it was interesting because I at the time I actually felt like I couldn't be honest with some of the struggles that I was having um because of the fact that I was I was on this amazing trip once in a lifetime. My coworkers back home were, you know, I was I were like cheering me on the entire time. Like they don't want to hear that I'm struggling because I I got this time approved and I need to go do this for all of this. But there were days where I remember I I was just crying in my apartment by myself, my apartment which was a room. Um it was <laughs> teeny. And I just, I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing that day. And I was having a very indecisive moment. And I said, I'm, I'm so cruel. I sent my now husband uh, a message, like a, a photo selfie of me crying. And I said, I just can't stop crying. I need help. And, and so he's like, okay, go in the shower, freshen up, get some clothes on, do your hair and go outside. And so I was like, okay, you're the best. That's exactly what I need to do. I just need to interact with humans. That's so, why you marry him. Someone says yeah, that. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So I literally sent him a picture, um, you know, an hour later. Be, okay, here I go. I'm going outside with a big smile on my face. And um, I actually did a talk in France to some writers. And um, I showed them that picture. Like, there's me crying and then me smiling and just saying, this, this was the reality. And I felt like I couldn't really tell anybody because I didn't want to be that ungrateful person that's mm-hmm. on this li- drip of a lifetime. Um, it wasn't all roses. And, and of course, I'm grateful the entire time, but there still can be uh, hard days and, and um, where you're feeling unsure of why you're there, what you're doing and what it's, what it's all for. these quests on these leader quests we call them heroes journeys you know there there are always people watching listening and you know following in similar footsteps not necessarily your steps but similar steps having gone through these ups and downs what would you say to them i would say get outside (laughs) (laughs) and um, interact with other humans i would say reach out and and tell the truth and and um and I remember sharing one one quite vulnerable blog about about it, and that actually got the most comments. And people were like, "I think it was a a breath of fresh air, really, because it my trip was romanticized. Not only are they two love stories that were intertwined generations, you know, apart, but it was it was very romantic and lovely and amazing. Um, so when I actually did say, uh, you know, this I am struggling a little bit with this and that. Um, I had people reached out and said, oh my goodness, you know, that made me realize that as I'm here being a mother, I, I'm struggling through this, even though I'm loving being a mother, you know, like it, it struck people, something in people that made them feel human. So I think that that's, I think reaching out and actually speaking the truth. I think storytelling is, honest storytelling is freeing for people because it gives them permission to feel whatever it is that you're feeling. Yes, absolutely. So I have a question yeah. for you then that feeling that you had when you knew you were going to do this, are you afraid you won't have it again? 
Yes. That's so funny you ask because I actually had that this year. I had this realization and this moment of I might not never I'm, I might not ever get that uh, feeling again. Maybe we can edit that. I might not never. Um, <laughs> I had that I had that fear this year of um, that I wouldn't ever have that feeling again. And but I came to realize that it doesn't necessarily ever have to be a grand gesture like that again. Um, and that my, let's, let's say for example, um, my life purpose, I was putting so much pressure on it after this trip because of how grand that actually was that I feel like nothing could actually live up to it. And, um, even, even the process of writing this book, um, it's not pretty. It's not, it hasn't been, <laughs> hasn't been the most beautiful journey. Um, but it's worth it. And, um, and that's, that's it showing up in a different way. And it's, it's not grand, but it's rooted in my life purpose, which I've this year taken down to from, from a phrase, um, to just a word, which is actually two words, life stories. So as long as things are aligning to that, I feel like I'm on, I'm on the right track and, and, and maybe it will, will someday be another grand gesture or another big idea, but it doesn't have to be. What do you think your grandma would say about all this? Oh, I just got goosebumps. <laughs> so that's her saying, keep going, girlfriend. Um, I don't know if she'd call me girlfriend. Probably not. <laughs> she said, <laughs> yeah, that's not very British. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, she would definitely say, you know, keep going. You're on the right track. Follow the joy. Follow the light. Keep laughing. Don't take life so seriously. And dance. Hmm. <laughs> I followed my dad's footsteps on a journey around Ireland. My dad's passed away. And um, I had the strangest experience of feeling like the DNA in me that came from him was vibrating on some level. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Can you describe that feeling of connection with your grandma that was like in your bones? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I also got chills when we were talking about that. Yeah, I actually just had a, a coaching session with an intuitive coach. And she said that we had a contract, my grandmother and I had a contract before we were both born. It's like a sacred soul contract. And uh, there were so many moments where I felt her and they, they were some of them were in little things. She always told my, my mom when she was young that whenever you find a coin, it's someone that's passed away saying hi and you should have seen the pile of coins that I found throughout my trip <laughs> and they were all at moments where I needed her and there were also very like serendipitous things that happened I knocked on the, do the door of the house that she wrote the letters from and um, the woman answered and I totally stumbled with my words and I just held out one of the letters and I said my grandma used to live here <laughs> and, and then she's like oh and then I said more and I, oh, I'm Carly and I'm from Canada. And my grandma's name was Irene, but everyone called her Rini. And uh, she said, oh, yeah, my name's Renee. No way. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So really weird things like that happened. It's hard to put words to this kind of stuff. But I absolutely feel, feel connected to her and like we share something. So what's next? 
Well, I'm writing a book, mm-hmm. and I have a New York City agent. Nice. So that <laughs> I just signed with her in January, so that's a big milestone in the in the process. And um, we're just doing some rewrites and re-edits and um, going out to publishers, hopefully in the spring. And then we'll see. And then also I'm just I'm being very open. I feel like I'm I declared a, a little while ago, okay, universe, you know, I'm I'm ready for quest two um, or, you know, the next journey. And it, again, it doesn't have to be a grand gesture, but I just want to be open to where this is taking me. And um, and I recently partnered up with um, Handwritten. It's a website, Handwritten Work, and um, they collect handwritten work. And I'm a curator for a column there um, about life stories. And that's been really great. And the people are just incredible. And they invited me to New York to do a talk. So I feel like it's, it's continuing in in new ways and um and it feels really exciting we hope you enjoyed this episode of face your fierce sponsored by inner outer wealth and meg murphy productions our music is provided by poddington bear and if you like what you hear please subscribe and pass us on we've got more about carly up on our website so click the link in the show notes to this podcast it'll take you straight there you can follow carly's blog and see pictures of her grandmother and her letters at lifesletter.com We'll have Carly back again because we didn't even get to talk to her about her surprise wedding. That's right. When she got back from England, her fiancé surprised her with their wedding day. That's coming up soon on Face Your Fierce.